welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name is Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher and yoga business coach. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy 45 minutes of training for you and your yoga business. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. I am so excited today because we are launching a brand new series uh, all about leadership and I'm going to be talking to you for the next five days about this topic, but don't worry if you get sick of me. I am delighted to introduce my special guest, Nicole Valcam, who is going to be joining me for the entire series. Welcome, friend. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) So folks, I'll introduce Nicole. Well, actually, no, I'm going to do that first. I'm going to read you out Nicole's bio. If you don't know her yet, Uh, You have the very good fortune of meeting her today and, like I said, hanging out with us all week talking about what is spiritual leadership and how do we approach leadership uh, in business and in our lives uh, with a commitment to walking the yogi path. So Nicole is a spiritual life and business coach, an online course creator as well as being a yoga teacher. She coaches spiritual entrepreneurs to build and manage their own business while empowering them to move past any blocks that are keeping them stuck in limited thinking. She's also the co-creator of the Yoga Summit, which is a 21-day online journey featuring interviews with some of the world's most renowned yoga teachers. I love that. Her goal is to help others uncover their full potential, fulfill their desires, and live the life of their dreams, a life beyond limits. And you can find out all about her and the work that she does in the world at NicoleValcamp.com. Nicole and I met uh, because she was a fabulous guest on one of my Business of Yoga speaker series and we had a great fun talking about what yoga means to us and how we're interested in yoga that doesn't necessarily mean body beautiful and has more to do with, is broader than yoga asana. And so I feel like we're kindred spirits when it comes to what we feel about yoga, Nicole. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I think we I, also talked a lot about Shivananda yoga and how you started in Shivananda yoga. We did because you're a Shivananda yogi, right? Yeah, I am a Shivananda yogi. I'm a Shivananda yoga teacher uh-huh. um, at, at the very least. So that's the style of Hatha yoga that I teach. And I think we also spoke a lot about making money as a yoga teacher. <laughs> Which is one of my biggest passions. Right, all, what you're all about. <laughs> And so, and you're based in the States, obviously, and you're in Miami, is that right? Yep, Miami, Florida. Yay, yay. So Nicole and I are getting together, folks, um, because we're really passionate about, as you can tell, if you know a bit about me and now you know some about Nicole, you know, we really believe in um, having a business that is congruent with your values and your life purpose. And while I work pretty much exclusively with yoga teachers, Nicole, you also work with other types of folks, entrepreneurs. Tell us a little bit about the sorts of people that you support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I work with entrepreneurs who want to build a spiritually based business. It could be teaching yoga. It could also be teaching meditation or as a coach, as a life coach, as a health coach, whatever, you know, all the different kinds of coaching that are out there these days, helping them build their business. And then I also support and teach to people who are not necessarily entrepreneurs, but who are just seeking to create miracles in their lives in different ways. And now I'm kind of saying I'm, an, I'm a miracle-making coach. <laughs> I, I work, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm teaching people how to create miracles, whether that's in business, whether that's in relationships, whether that's with money, and that kind of applies. Um, that's a spiritual process, right? Miracle making yeah. as a spiritual and practical process because there's spiritual components and there are practical components yeah. of things we can do to make ourselves ready for miracles. So I support entrepreneurs and then also people who are just in a place where they feel like they could be living life, um, you know, in a more joyful, bigger, larger, happier, more abundant, and abundant in all the definitions, yes, not, yes. You know, not just financial abundance, but abundance of joy, abundance of love, mm. um, and, that, and from that place. And that's really what I believe we all want to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, so teaching people that process, helping them create that in their lives. I love that. And you have, like you said, you have online courses and you also have retreats and as well as working privately with folks. Yes, exactly. All, all the options because we all have different ways of learning and some people like to do it online. Some people like to be in person and I, for me too. I mean, it's nice to teach online, but I miss interacting in person with people. <laughs> right, Totally. Especially when you get to be somewhere beautiful folks, look out, we've yes. got something very exciting to tell you about later. So Nicole and I were sort of chatting about, um, you know, we, we like each other and we like the idea of working together on something and, and something that we felt was kind of missing or that we really felt called to share about was this idea of leadership. Um, and I know it's, it comes up with the people who are in my mastermind and it comes up on retreats for yoga business owners who have they've sort of realized that um, they've, they've done the work to understand that in becoming a yoga teacher, they've actually become a business owner, which can be a hurdle in and of itself. But then they've come to the next stage, which is recognizing that in fact, they are now a leader in their business, in their life, in their community, and they haven't actually done any training or um, really considered what that means. And they're unsure on how to approach that. And I think we, we, I know we agree on this one, Nicole, that there's not a whole lot of great modeling that goes on in society about what leadership looks like. In fact, I would suggest that, that it, the rep, the, the models that we see of leadership or how to be a good leader are actually kind of contradictory to what a lot of us um, believe in and why we decided to have a spiritually based business in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think you absolutely said it, Amy. We don't have a lot of role models or paradigms for what spiritual leadership looks like. I mean, when I say to people, I'm a spiritual business coach, a lot of people look at me like I have two heads, like that's such an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. you know, what, how, could, how could you be spiritual and in business? And I think the same thing, I haven't even started telling people about spiritual leadership because this is a new topic you and I are introducing and starting to play with. But spiritual leadership, I think people would have the same reaction, right? How is it even possible to talk about spirituality and being a leader in the same sentence when so many of the leadership, um, you know, quote unquote role, role models or leadership models 
that we see don't have anything to do with spirituality. And then for me as a spiritual person and a business owner and a leader in my field, how I don't want these things to be at odds. I want to be spiritual and I want to make money and I want to be a leader Mm. and I want to do it all at the same time, not have to give up on any of this. So Mm. I think this, we were both so drawn when we started having these conversations to this concept because there's, I think, a real need for it. Mm, I agree. And maybe we could talk a little bit about... um, for anybody who's thinking, well, I'm not a leader, you know, if, if I think people can often think unless they have a studio with you know, eight or more teachers on the schedule, then they're not actually in a leadership role. But in fact, there are all sorts of ways that we step into leadership. And I think even just decide, even just teaching a class, people underestimate the power that they have as a leader, not just in the classroom environment, but the way that that shifts the uh, power differential so that people who are looking to you as their yoga teacher, they are in, in a way, they are taking you on as some kind of leader in their life. Like there is, mm-hmm. you know, what for, to your way of thinking, Nicole, what are some of the ways that we are in fact leaders just by doing what we're doing? If we may not have thought of ourselves in that context. Yeah. I love that question. Cause I think we do underestimate ourselves and our leadership roles and not just our leadership potential, but where we are actually right now as being leaders just by being a teacher. Mm. I don't think I realized when I went to become a yoga teacher that I would be be becoming a leader at the same time. That Mm. like exactly what you said, that people all of a sudden do look to you as the teacher, you know, and I was like, 30 days ago, I wasn't. (laughs) And then 30 days later, after my teacher training, when I was empowered to begin teaching, I was this leader in the classroom. And it took some time for that to kind of um, click in my mind that people were looking to me as someone who had something to share in that leadership role based on the knowledge and the training that I had received as a yoga teacher. So even if it's just teaching a class, I I actually only teach Hatha yoga classes once a week. Mm -hmm. And that's always what I've done for the last five years, just once a week teaching yoga. And in that space, I am a leader and I didn't realize it. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something that was on my radar when I went to become a yoga teacher, I thought, well, I'm just ready to teach yoga. I've been practicing yoga for a long time and now I would like to teach it, mm. not realizing, oh, this will also make me a leader. And what does that mean for me? And what kind of leader would I like to be? Mm. I know for, for me, it also, even just in the role of yoga teacher as leader, it also, it brings up things about, um, so what does that mean when I'm not in the yoga teacher role and I'm interacting with these same people? That's always a curious one. And what point do I, how do I bring in my authentic self and how do I move between, for example, I mean, I live in a small town. I'm a yoga teacher here. People see me at the supermarket or at the pub or walking my dog or it's that thing about where does the role of leader sort of begin and where does it end and how do we feel comfortable moving between those two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's that is a good question. I think more and more um, the integration of all of these parts of ourselves becomes such an interesting and important question. You know, being being a teacher, being a leader, being a student, being the yoga teacher, but also being someone who goes to the grocery store, or goes to the pub, or just you know does these different things. 
Yeah. Right. As a human being and, you know, being a leader doesn't mean being perfect or being separate from, or being, um, better than, you know, being a leader. I think I have to be careful that leadership doesn't mean perfectionist for me, you know, specifically, like, do I have to be a perfect yogi? If I'm not a perfect yogi, can I still be a yoga leader or a yoga teacher? And how do I be integrated in who I am without putting this unnecessary pressure on myself to always be whatever, you know, in my mind is quote unquote, the ideal of that version of me, you know, being a human and dealing with our humanness and being a leader at the same time. Yeah. I, um, as Amy would say it, how do I be a leader and, and appreciate that that doesn't mean I have to have my shit together all the time? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, not all the time. Not, not even half the time. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so boring. Life would be so boring. <laughs> and I think, you know, this is, there's also something about the um, leadership in terms of sometimes we have a very formal role. If I'm hosting a retreat, I'm the retreat leader. It's my job to make sure people know where to go and that they're eating the right things and they're showing up and I'm managing the dynamics. But there's also simply assuming a leadership quality within much smaller and fleeting interactions, uh, like negotiating the room hire rental or um, talking to having a difficult conversation with somebody where you decide I'm going to lead this conversation towards a certain outcome. So leadership isn't just about I'm in charge of something all the time. It can also be how do I show up in this particular interaction in a way that's more mindful and empowered to, to achieve a, a, a positive outcome or a, a desired outcome. So for people who are listening, you know, if you're still thinking, well, I, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a leader Leadership can come in at any level of interaction, a conversation with somebody, how you manage your own time, you know, being more masterful of how you conduct yourself in business. Mm-hmm. I think it, it flows through everything that we do in, in choosing to be more empowered in life and in business. Do you agree? Right. Yes, absolutely. I think the more I think about it, I think of leadership as kind of being the role of director in a way, not that you're not, not in a sense of control, not, not that you can direct everything and everyone, but setting the direction of something, like you said, even in something as small as a conversation, you can be a leader in conversation. If you set a direction or you set a tone or you embody in your communication, a certain set of values or a certain way of speaking, you can be the leader in that conversation as opposed to, um, I don't know, not, not feeling comfortable in the conversation, not knowing where the conversation is going, feeling like maybe you're being manipulated, uh, feeling like you're being controlled, feeling disempowered, feeling like a victim, you know, all of these things that we can get stuck in when we're not, like you said, empowered. Yeah. Uh, leadership is the opposite of that. That doesn't mean that you are the head of some large organization or a huge class or a retreat. You can just be a leader in small ways that can make a huge, probably even a larger difference in yeah. the amount of empowerment that you feel. You know, if yes. you come to every conversation from the perspective of being an equal and being a leader in the conversation, as opposed to maybe feeling like a victim or feeling like a follower, that's going to be a very different conversation. So embodying leadership in all different aspects of our lives can be 
so um, small and maybe it's inconsequential at first glance, but in in other ways, it makes the biggest difference Mm. in how we really live our lives, right? Totally. And I think not just on how we feel in those interactions, but to be very nuts and boltsy about it, like actually productivity. Mm. Again and again, I have people write or clients say, "I've, I've, I've, I've met this person and they're really exciting and we might work on something together. And so we're going to go and have a coffee. You know, there's sort of like amorphous meetings where no one's taking the leadership role. It's really creative and exciting and interesting and sort of no, nothing comes out of it as a result. Mm. And, and so the potential for a joint venture or something to, you know, to create something together, it just, it, it's so extended because mm-hmm. no one's really saying, okay, what are the outcomes here and what are the next steps here? And assuming that leadership, spiritually led leadership role of, Mm-hmm. making things like firming things up right yeah I think what you're talking about and what just popped into my mind is the component of action yeah and you know how I think the leaders a lot of times at least in my view are the people who can get things done <laughs> right the, the leaders are the ones who are making things happen mm. and I mean, there's a space, of course, we need to have dialogue and creativity and the whole process behind it, but leadership is really in the actions. Okay, so now what happens next? What actions do we take? How do we put this? Um, how do we implement this? Or what's the initiative that we do as a result of this? And so really, anytime you're in action, <laughs> you're in a leadership position, you know, however small those actions are whether that's deciding what's for dinner in your household, because if no one makes a decision, you know, that's a leadership role. There, I've been in situations where no one can make a decision. Yeah. That's very frustrating, right? Or whether it's with your business, even if you're not leading anyone yet yes. uh, in your business, even if you're still just working on your own, you can still be the leader of your business versus not being the leader and waiting for someone else to come from the outside and tell you what to do and, and the difference in, in that perspective. So yeah, absolutely. The, the action component is an important, very important piece of leadership. And I wonder then, because you and I are particularly interested in the idea of leadership, spiritual leadership and, um, and what that actually means. So I'm wondering, you know, I've got a couple of ideas. What is it about us yoga teachers, spiritual, um, you know, entrepreneurs, heart-centered kind of business owners that makes us avoidant of step of leadership. Like, what do you think, why is it that we can freak out or feel nervous or not want to lean in and take control? Like taking control is almost a, 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 has a negative connotation to it as a phrase. What is it about us that makes us so hesitant to step into that leadership role? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. What is it? I think I think that in some ways we've grown up. Uh, at least I grew up with paradigms of things being very separate. So spirit, mm. you know, spirituality is in one place. Religion, maybe if you're religious, religion is in another place. The workplace is over here, and you can't see me. We're just talking, but it's like silos, right? Of where things fall in. So spirituality is in one area, leadership is in another. And I never thought of merging them. Like we were talking about yeah. this integration of personality. Yeah. The, the more I do spiritual work on myself and, and teach my clients and my students to do the same work, I see that those paradigms don't serve us because we, 
we could, then we shy away from leadership. We might shy away from action. We might want to be meditating all day (laughs) in a cave. Um, You know, I mean, yogis joke, right? They say, they say that you can't, it's not really spiritual to be in a cave, but in the spiritual world, you might, we might have that tendency of wanting to hide or saying, well, I'm again, perfectionism. I'm not the perfect spiritual, whatever. I'm not the perfect yogi. So I'm not ready to lead. Um, I'm not a leader yet. You know, when my, when my sadhana, when my spiritual practice is perfect, (laughs) then I'll be ready to lead. Right. And we all know that that's a fallacy. It never works that way. We, we never get there to that perfect place. It's all about kind of the messiness. And, and my teacher always says, um, integral yoga and daily life, meaning, you know, how do I be a yogi and be at work? How do I be a yogi and be on a podcast? I mean, how does it all become completely integrated. But I think that we shy away because maybe we all have our own reasons, right? Maybe there's an element of perfectionism, not feeling like we're ready, not feeling like leadership and spirituality are compatible. Um, I don't think we live in a very forgiving world. So if you make Mm -hmm. a mistake Mm -hmm. as a spiritual leader, that's very, that can be very challenging. And, and I really like to say that our mistakes are just part of the process. Mistakes mm. are learning opportunities. There's no way around them. But in today's world, if you're, for example, a political leader or a business leader who's very high up the totem pole, there's not much room for error. But as human beings, we have to be able to make errors. And we also have to be able to change our minds, right? And I think a lot of times we don't give leaders the ability, the opportunity to change their minds. We call them hypocrites yes. as opposed to calling them humans. Yes. <laughs> so I think there's, there are a lot of legitimate reasons for why we might be afraid to, to assume a leadership position while we're also trying to be spiritual people because we might be called all sorts of things. On the other hand, that's exactly where the growth and the transformation is going to come when we come out and say, I'm not willing, I'm not going to do this perfectly, but I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to try to bring my spirituality into my leadership and to be honest with our vulnerability and our shortcomings and all of the things that we bring to the table and say, it's scary, but I'm still going to give it a shot (laughs) and do the best I can do. You know, I I think one of the biggest things too is, that a lot of us have is that uh, residual kind of people pleasing or codependency. You know, I think there's a a mix up, uh, like if I'm a spiritual person, then I should be kind and I should be generous and I should be loving all the time. And that means saying yes, when perhaps I want to say no or not wanting to call somebody on crappy behavior or not sticking up for myself because I'm looking to, please everybody all the time and you know Mm -hmm. and i'm sort of self-abandoning on what my boundaries are and what my needs are because of well if i'm spiritual i i should be good and happy and and accommodating of everybody i remember when i was still in my soul-sucking corporate job (laughs) there was an interaction where um we had these meeting rooms and i had a group of people coming from another organization and we had a meeting in the meeting room that i'd booked there was already a meeting in there and they were running overtime and sort of 10 minutes overtime. And I popped my head in and said, Oh, we need to change over. And they said, Oh, another five minutes. And there was another 10. And I, and so I went back and said, look, we, you'll need to leave. I have people waiting and you know, we have a booking. And afterwards the woman who was hosting that meeting, she came up to me and she said, you know, Amy, I thought you were a yogi. Why did you burst in and kick us out? I thought you were a yogi. You should have been more Zen. 
which is a phrase that drives me wild anyway about yoga and Zen, not the same thing. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> quite different. Um, but, but her point was that, you know, you, you're a yogi, you should be loving and kind and let other people kind of walk all over you all the time. <laughs> and I right. think this is, a, this is a fear that people, that spiritual folks can have about leadership, that if I, oh, I could never be a leader because then I'm going to have to be harsh or I'm going to make me, a, what if people think I'm a bitch or if I'm being bossy or controlling? And that's what I love about this conversation about spiritual leadership because, in fact, you can be firm and loving. You can speak the truth in love. You can... Um, in fact, I believe that it's part of the yogic path to affirm your boundaries um, in a way that is uh, respectful and recognises the needs of, of others but doesn't compromise on, on our own needs. And that, But I really think that people-pleasing is a big part of why um, the people in our communities, Nicole, can can avoid actually assuming the role of leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think people pleasing is huge and I see it all the time with clients. It's something I've worked on a lot in my own life. You know, yeah. it's impossible to be a leader if we're trying to make everyone else happy, right? Yeah. Because if, we're, if our primary goal is to please and everyone has a different definition of what pleases them, yeah. But we're trying to also, we're trying to get things done. You know, the things where we need to get done, not everyone is going to be happy and we need to be able to give direction and to give clarity and to speak clearly and to um, delegate if needed and to manage and organize and do a lot of different things, all of which are going to be very challenging if our primary concern is um, are you happy or do you like me? I think one of the corollaries of people pleasing is, do you like me? You know, do yes. you approve of me? Do you like me? Do you think I'm nice? Yes. Um, like she's, I don't know why she equated being a yogi with being a doormat in, in your story. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, if we're always trying to get people to like us or to approve of us, then, it's going to be really hard to lead. And not only is it going to be hard to lead others, it's going to be really hard to lead ourselves. It's yeah. going to be hard to hear our own voice around what we want. And it's very challenging to be a leader to others if we're not inside kind of clear about what our direction is and what it is we're trying to achieve. So I definitely think people pleasing and the question of, do you like me come up a lot um, for, for spiritual leadership. I think also there's a discomfort with power, you know, yes. it's not power over others. I don't think we have great um, paradigms for what power can look like right now mm. in our, in our world, mm. but power doesn't have to mean control. Power is just knowing who we are and where we stand <laughs> and mm. what we want, you know, comfortable with our own power as creators, as mm. co-creators, as whatever role, you know, power, the power of that. I think we have a lot of discomfort with power. I think we, we give it away a lot to other people, especially in that process of, do you like me? You know, that, that's one of the ways that we give away our power is seeking others' approval. Yeah. As opposed to just being who we are and going, you know, forging our vision. And so I think questions of power probably come up a lot and maybe we haven't thought of power as part of our kind of job of as things to think about because mm. 
that's maybe not part of what we think about when we become yoga teachers. But think even within yoga, there is a hierarchy and there are people within the yoga system who have more power than others. And if we're giving away our power all the time, we become susceptible to a lot of a lot of things, including spiritual manipulation and other kinds of things that are out there that are happening in this world. And maybe we don't want to be a part of that. But then on the other hand, if, if the people, if we're always opting out, how do we change the structure? Yeah. Well, yeah. My brain's just kind of loving all of that uh, idea of fizz- I'm, My brain is fizzing with all of that. I think you're, you're really... <laughs> Lots there. Yeah. Um, so uh, something else that just comes to mind for me, I remember a couple of years ago I started working with a client and she had a studio and a yoga studio and she had a couple of teachers working for her and it was very much a love project and she hadn't really got it to the point of being uh, super prosperous, but that was her vision. And and what we in, in the coaching what we identified was that it was time for her to step up as a leader and she was so hesitant because her vision was she was making a space where it was about um, consensus. It was about community. She wanted everybody to feel welcome. She wanted to build something with her teachers. And and at that time, her way of thinking was if she took on a leadership role, it would mean that she was um, taking power from everybody else. And she wanted it to be more of a a creative a group creative process rather than the, I think she was fearful of becoming like the dictator of her yoga studio. And mm. so again, this is takes us back to the concept of spiritual leadership in, in that I believe it is very possible. In fact, it's something that we can aspire to, to be a leader in a way that empowers others, not disempowers them. And that it's that you, they're not mutually exclusive being the leader and having a, that community vibration and feel that you're co-creating with the people that you're working and interacting with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's interesting that that paradigm came up for her, that being a leader meant it had, you have to be a dictator or other people won't be able to contribute anymore. You know, there are so many different ways of being a leader and, for me, what's coming up is just the difference between decision, you know, the decision maker and the leader. And a lot of times it has to be the same and people are afraid to make decisions maybe because that puts them into a leadership role. Hmm. But then they feel like, oh, well, other people might not, what if they don't like the decision or they don't feel like they were included in the decision and how is, does it have to be a communal decision? Or at some point, if it's not a communal decision, does one person have to make a decision and become the leader? Because otherwise we know maybe things don't get done or they don't move in the direction. I guess with your client, there was a direction, there was something she wanted to create that wasn't happening because maybe there was no leader or there was no decision maker. I see that a lot in spiritual organizations actually is challenges around decision-making and who is empowered to make a decision. Um, And it's a, it's an interesting question of you know, I wonder what happened with your client, how she became comfortable with leadership, or if there was a model where people could still feel included and she didn't have to be the dictator, she could just be the leader, but still have that inclusivity and, and how, you know, what that looks like, just coming at it from a different perspective. Totally. One of the things I love most about the great honor of having some various leadership roles in my life is the way that it lets me bring other people up. Like it lets me um, 
in, uh, help other people find their power and their voice. And it gets so that in me stepping into that role more fully, it, it, sort of lets other people find their space. And I think that's what my client has, I mean, she's managing her business very differently now. <clears throat> and even to the way that she, the terminology that she uses to talk about, she uses t- terminology like my staff in a sort mm-hmm. of an organizational sense. And she feels great about it because she's actually created ways that everyone else is more empowered. And there's none of this collective avoidance of assuming power to get things done because they've, they've decided that they're going to do it in a way that aligns with the vision and the, the, the spiritual direction of her, of her studio. I love that if we step into it in an informed way, it gets to be very, it gets to be a growth opportunity. Definitely for me, I, I don't know about you, Nicole, but how assuming more of a leadership role, what that's taught you about yourself and how it's changed your own business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, leadership is a is a form of relationship, right? And mm. for me, all spiritual growth comes through relationships cuz like I said, if you're if you're meditating on a mountain, things are probably pretty easy. I had <laughs> one of the teachers at one of the ashrams I was at um once said that when you're meditating in the forest by yourself on your cushion, everything is perfect. You hear the birds, it's beautiful. And then he asked the question, "What does it take to ruin your meditation?" And he said, all it takes is one person to sit down next to you. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole thing falls apart, right? (laughs) I don't know if, you know, your listeners will resonate with this, but for me, all my my spiritual principles get tested in relationship. I mean, that's just where it all comes to play. It all falls apart. You think you're being so kind and... Then all of a sudden you're being passive aggressive or, you know, um, so leadership is, I mean, leadership is relationship. So how do we be in relationship? And for me, leadership is a huge growth opportunity because all my relationships are growth opportunities. So Mm. the more I think about myself as a leader and try to embody that and be a spiritual leader on top of that and, and bring, um, you know, bring my spiritual growth into my position as a leader, I think, and not see them as separate again, and just see them as exercises and being spiritual and being a leader at the same time. Mm. And the opportunities, like you said, that that gives me, you know, the opportunities to teach others, the opportunities to grow a business, opportunities to empower others to grow their businesses or, you know, to overcome whatever obstacles are coming up in their life. If, If I don't do that from a place of leadership, then people aren't going to listen. Right. I mean, we, we, we want, we come to this space. We want leaders. We want teachers. Yes. It doesn't mean we want a dictator. Mm, <laughs> We're mm. not the same thing, mm. but we do want teachers. I want my, I want teachers. I want leaders. I want mm. to be led. I like being a student. And then there are times when I need to be the leader and getting comfortable again with that power and with that relationship is a big piece. I think for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We could talk about this all day. Fortunately, we have four more opportunities to unpack this in more detail. And folks, if you're loving this conversation, Nicole and I are going to be going into specific detail about particular elements of spiritual leadership and what they mean and uh, how you can work with them, overcoming any hesitancy and maybe like starting to celebrate this as an opportunity. I, I, I feel very blessed that I have the, the, the leadership roles I have in my business, 
mm-hmm. get to be my sadhana. Like you said, Amy, don't send yeah. that email yet. Just go take a walk around the block, come back, edit it, and then send it. You know, that sort of slow down, sister. This is not right. you with your this is not your highest self-typing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's I mean it's such a silly kind of simple but it is so true, right? Oh, I mean that's yeah. one of the that's really what our practice gives us is just that little pause. Hopefully on a good day, you get a little bit of a pause and then you can show up as maybe a little bit more like the spiritual leader you want to be. But you know, that it doesn't mean that if we don't take that pause, we, we aren't leaders. It's just, we're trying to bring our principles into our leadership. Yes. Yes. A grist for the mill. I was talking to, um, um, Jose Calaco, uh, one half of forest yoga yesterday. And he was saying that, um, we're talking about feedback and, and, and being in a leadership role. And he was saying that he said, well, you know, Amy, 95% of feedback is just neurosis. (laughs) So interesting, but you know, this idea about if we, if we surrender to the idea that leadership could be part of our path, (laughs) it could be one of the tools we use in our own growth. Um, then it gets to be a, a, an exploration and it gets to be uh, something that adds to our life and the richness of, of being a, a, a practitioner rather than something to be frightened of or to avoid. It gets to be a yeah. tool for yoga right. rather than... Absolutely. It, it gets to be a, another tool on our spiritual path yeah. you know, as opposed to being something that like, you, like we opened with that we would shy away from or consider not spiritual. Um, Well, we talked about Shivananda in the beginning. Uh, Swami Shivananda has this really little short book called Illuminations. And he has a whole section in there on politics and leadership. And he talks about how ideally all the leaders would be spiritual leaders, that we wouldn't have this separation. And I remember reading that for the first time. It's really short, like succinct, writing but i was like oh what a novel idea you know if spirituality and leadership weren't separate and what does that mean for for us for for those of us who are the yoga teachers or the spirit or the meditation teachers or the spiritual leaders how do we not make it separate within us Mm, mm. and and re yeah it's super exciting. Okay, folks, stay tuned. We've got, we've got so much more to talk about on this topic and good news. We're going to be doing it all week long. But before we finish up today, I think, Nicole, I think we have to do the great reveal and tell people about this incredibly exciting thing that we've cooked up. Like, man, I have been, it has been so hard for me to keep quiet about this for so long. I've wanted to tell everybody since we first had this brainwave to, to create it. Um, yeah. Do you want to, I'll, I'll hand it over to you to do the, the great announcement. Oh no, Amy, I think you should. It's your podcast. You do. <laughs> so folks, here, here, look, seriously, I'm so excited. I've got that Hanuman moment of the sort of the heart bursting open. Um, Nicole and I have created this most incredible retreat opportunity that is all about leadership for yoginis. So if you are interested in this topic, my goodness, you are going to want to go and check out this amazing uh, thing that Nicole and I are putting together for you. Essentially, we are hosting a retreat at the Shivananda Ashram in the Bahamas, which is so, so, so exciting for me because I know it's a very special place for Nicole and it's somewhere that I have yet to visit. She's been multiple times, so she's going to be the leader in showing us around when we arrive. 
Um, and we're going to be there for a week, really diving into what does it mean for you to be a leader in your life, in your business from spiritual principle and, um, and how can not only what does it mean, but teaching and learning, discovering the tools and the techniques to apply everything that we're going to be talking about over this podcast series so that you do feel that not only uh, you are comfortable and confident in leadership roles, but also that you recognize and um, delight in the opportunity that leadership, in fact, will bring to you as a practitioner. It gets to be one of the, the tools on your path. So we are, like I said, we're going to be at the Shivananda Ashram, which means you'll be studying with Nicole, you'll be studying with me, but you'll also be delighting in the additional gorgeous yoga offerings that are available to you there. I will throw it over to you here, Nicole, because you've been there and I haven't. So tell us a bit about what it's like there. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so, so excited. I mean, <laughs> this is like a dream come true to be doing this with you, Amy, and to be leading a retreat down to the ashram in the Bahamas. I've been many times as a student, but never as a leader. <laughs> so this is, this is going to be a really cool opportunity. And, and, um, so the yoga retreat down there has yoga twice a day and satsang every morning and every evening. So we'll be meditating together and we'll, as a group, participate in these things, you know, as much as we can, obviously, in between, in between the really important work we're going to be doing or on mm -hmm. spiritual leadership in our group. But there's meditation, there's yoga, there's the most beautiful beach that you've ever seen. I think it's one of the most beautiful beaches I've ever been to on Paradise Island in the Bahamas. And it's not too far from Nassau. It's not challenging to get to, you know, you don't have to fly to the ends of the earth. It's just right there, the most beautiful beach. There's wow. delicious vegetarian food and um, an atmosphere of just uh, really nice vibrations and a higher energy. And it's different than I think just like renting a house or renting a place where we could have, you know, we had different ideas in mind of how to do this treat, retreat, but it is really a treat to be at an ashram where the spiritual energy is being held all the time. And if you've never been to an ashram before, I think this is one of the best totally. to visit as your first, as a first go, because you have the beach, you have the food, you have the meditation and on top of that, you'll have our retreat, which will have its own flavor. But this, it's a very, very special place. So, folks, we'll, we'll be talking to you more about this incredible, like, <laughs> seriously, my <laughs> face kind of hurts because I'm smiling so hard. But this incredible uh, opportunity, um, it, registrations are open now. You can go and check out all of the details at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership. Um, the... the you can read all about what Nicole and I will be offering, a bit more about who we are, what the schedule looks like, all of the, like Nicole said, uh, additional beautiful elements that you simply can't receive anywhere other than in an ashram environment. Um, so they will all be a part of what you will delight in while you're there with us. There is a range of different accommodation types so that you can find something that's really going to work for you and, and where you're at, what what. Uh, feels good to you um, and and just to mention that um, as much as we'd love to fill the whole place up uh, there are limited spaces so if yes. go take a look and if you if you know this is for you um, get yourself registered and, and if you have any questions of course you can always email me amy at amymcdonald.com.au but take a look we are 
so excited about this week-long retreat all about spiritual leadership and uh, what that means and how to delight in it uh, at such a delightful place. Uh, the link again is amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership. Nicole, been so fun and we're up for leadership podcast series number two tomorrow. Amazing. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Amy and everyone who's tuning in. And I can't wait to see you guys in the Bahamas. I hope you enjoyed that fabulous Yogi Superstar. Want more from me? Subscribe to this podcast or follow me on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Talk again soon.